0: Uh, I hope everyone... Let's talk about dating. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, I don't know how to transition from that. So, uh, sometimes, you know, I, I used to skateboard. I'm just going I'm to I'm start talking. We'll see what happens. I was a skateboarder. I started skateboarding after I watched Back to the Future in 1985. I was really into skateboarding. I thought I was going to become a professional skateboarder one day. I really believe God uses, for some reason, God uses things that you've grown up with. or He brings you through things to prepare you for other things that he's going to set before you in life. And so I actually, some of you guys, I do a a Bible study now for a lot of skateboarders. It's all through Zoom. But I used to skateboard, and I, I felt like it prepared me And it did. My daughter recently, we bought her a hoverboard. And I used to skateboard, so I'm like, hoverboard, no problem. And it prepared me. Skateboarding prepared me. It prepared me. Uh, I got on the hoverboard, and I slammed so hard. I fell my I hit my head. I thought my wife would be like, oh, are you? But she just laughed at me. This was last night. I can still feel it in my back. She just laughed at me, and she laughed at me, and I just started laughing, and skateboarding did prepare me, but sometimes we don't understand what things prepare you for. It prepared me how to take a fall, amen? I don't know why I shared that. I just thought it was a funny story. All right, so uh, we're going to talk about dating. Uh, the whole, you know, when, when Pastor told me, hey, we're going to talk about the cuffing season. I said, I don't even know what the cuffing season is. I've never heard that term before. I'm Vietnamese. I'm sorry. I I come from a third world country. I don't know all your American terms. And so I had to look up cuffing season. I Googled it, cuffing season. And this is what I found out about. Anyone else Google cuffing season? I Googled it, and I found out cuffing season is the season during the winter months where it it gets cold, and so you find someone to keep you warm for the winter months, and then after the winter months, you break up with them. Did you guys know this? That's what I found out, and so that's what I'm going to prepare you for, is uh, a winter fling. Just kidding. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about dating. You know, I don't know much about dating. I wasn't like I I, I wasn't the best dater. I, I, I kissed some frogs before I found my princess. I, I, I had my heart broken. I can talk about having a broken heart. I can talk about that. Uh, I I messed up, I did things, and I guess I learned from messing up, you know, the Bible doesn't really talk about dating, it doesn't say he who, you know, finds a good date, finds a good thing, the Bible doesn't say date like this one, two, three, but I will try, and so I'm like, God, is there a scripture about dating in the Bible, because I'm a Bible teacher, I just want to teach the Bible, I want to read a scripture and preach a scripture, and so this is like dating, that's the kind of like intimidating thing to teach on. If you really want a good teaching about dating, when you're done with this sermon, uh, like eight years ago here, we did a dating seminar with my friend Choi Marshall. I don't know, if we still have the, the, the recordings. That was the best dating sermons I've ever heard, all right? Uh, you can go on Lionsgate. Ministry on Facebook, and you can find those sermons there. The best I've ever heard, but I'll try to do okay, okay? And so I, I asked, Is there a scripture on dating? And then I remember there's a scripture that says this: He who finds a wife finds a good thing. I'm like, that's not about dating, but there's one word in there: the word find. I'm like, there it is. The word find, he who finds a wife. Finds a good thing. And I know people date for different reasons and I don't know. I'm, I'm here today to talk about Christian dating because I'm assuming most of us in here are Christians and so there's going to be a, a, a level of morality in, in what I'm sharing today. So we're going to talk, and I'm not just going to talk about dating. If I, have, if I have time at the end, we're going to talk about friendships, too, because I know some of you guys in here are like, I've done dating. I don't need to hear this. Well, we're going to talk about friendships. And let me tell you, if you're married, you still need to date your spouse. Yes. Amen. You still need to date your spouse, all right? If dating is to discover somebody, which is what, what dating is, it's discovering a person. Discovering is, is to find out whether or not this person is compatible with me, with my purpose, and my life. If dating is to dis, if, for single people to discover, how many of you guys know that when you're married, when you date someone, it's to rediscover your spouse? Amen. Because some of you have fallen out of love, and that's okay. Because sometimes in marriage, you're not always going to feel the, right? I'm sorry, I I'm from a third world country. I'm from Vietnam. I don't know your language. I don't. So I speak in <laughs> noises sometimes. Butterflies. Right? You just, you just, sometimes you got to rediscover why you married that person. Amen. My wife, I let her rediscover every day. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that sounded weird. Okay. <laughs> that's not. She's pure. All things are pure. If dating for single people is discovering, then marriage, when you're dating in marriage, is to rediscover what you liked about that person in the first place. Amen. Anyways, let's talk about dating. So, look at my notes. So, you don't have to be dating officially to discover a person. Uh... Before I dated my wife, I dated my wife without her knowing I was dating her, meaning I was checking her out. I'm like, is this, the, is this, now I've known her for 15 years, if you, some of you guys know, knew, knew my situation. I met my wife when she was 15 and I was 19. She was a freshman in high school, I was a freshman in college. How many of you guys know that's a no-no? Especially in this day and age, right? That's a no-no one day, my One day, Rosanna called me up, and she was like, hey, um, I like you, and I said, hey, um, I don't want to go to jail. (laughs) So that's a no-no. And then we kind of went our separate ways, and then 15 years later, we reconnected when I was like 34 and she was 30, and how many guys know that's a (laughs) yes-yes? That's a yes-yes. Okay, and so... (laughs) We, 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 we re, when we reconnected, I was dating her before I was dating her, meaning I was like, all right, is this is the potential, let's see. Before I even said anything, I was checking her out. I saw, I, I wanted to see how she was with my friends. I wanted to see, and at that time I was a youth pastor, I wanted to see how she was with, no, I wasn't at that time, I, but I had some youth that had gotten old. I wanted to see how she was with my Old youth. I, I I was checking her out. You don't have to be officially dating someone to discover a person, okay? And so I was I was seeing if this is the one for me. This is the one for me. And and eventually I was like, this is the one for me. This is the one. Now, there's the question, and and people get hung up on this. Is there the one anyone ever has? this is the one, or do I get to choose? What is it? I think you get, my opinion, I think you get to choose. I don't think there is the one for, I believe that there's so many people on the earth today, and there's so many destinies, and there's so many purposes of God, that not every dating and and, and meeting situation is going to look the same. You cannot model what your story is to somebody else's story for some people there might be the one there could be there could there might be this is the one the lord i was born for this is it and if that's the case it's because of destiny not destiny just to have a romantic relationship like these movies that you watch you are my destiny but destiny because god wanted to put one and one together for a purpose for a grander purpose amen and that's for his kingdom so in some relationships, there is the one, I believe, and I think that's rare, but in most relationships, there is choosing. I, we get so caught up theologically and doctrinally about it's the one, and if it's not the one, then it's not legitimate. No, they, are you to tell me that only legitimate relationships are only legitimate marriages are ones that God has chosen for you no because how many of you guys know there's a whole world out there that aren't even Christian and they don't even believe in God and they get married and they have legitimate marriages how many you guys know that right it's like oh my gosh they all oh the they, they, no, no they so don't get hung up on that don't don't get hung up in, in this day and age there's so many ways to to, to meet people when I was dating, it's like you actually had to, you know, kind of just meet them randomly, right? In this day and age, it's not as random. Is you go on, I don't know what the sites are today, eHarmony.com, right? Is that around? No? What are, what are the, uh, Tinder? Is that? Christian Mingle, there you go. Plenty o Fish, right? Have you guys heard of this one? Equally Yoked. Have you heard of that one? Uh, A friend of mine met her husband on blackchristiansingles.com. And yes, they are black. Okay. And so uh, is there a one sometimes, is there one for me? Probably not. There's probably you got to let you choose. And so we have to come into a place where we can choose, especially if you're single now. If you're married, you can't choose. Date your wife. That's who you're dating. That's it. Get your husband, that's who you're dating. If you're single, this is the time to choose. When you're single, it's about finding someone compatible. Compatibility matters. All right? Finding someone with the same purpose. Finding someone with, it's like, hey, you know what? If you plan on being a missionary and you, you meet someone that just wants to stay in the Bay Area for the rest of your lives, how many of you guys know that's not going to work out? It's com- it's, when you're single, it's all about compatibility. It's all about compatibility. When you're married, it's no longer about compatibility. It's about commitment. Once you're married, you already said I do and then you discover some things that aren't compatible, guess what? you got to make that compatible. It's about commitment now. When you're single, it's not about commitment. So if you're unsure, run! All right, sorry, what? (laughs) Sorry, guys. When dating someone, here's... Gosh. Dating... In any relationship, dating, marriage, it's not about, oh, God, I got to get a girlfriend. I got to get a boyfriend. I got to get. I got to get. I got to get. Dating is not about getting. It's about giving. Marriage is not about getting. It's about giving. Yes, here's the deal. If you're giving a good, healthy relationship, you're going to be getting. But it's about pouring out. It's about giving. And so... and when you enter into a dating relationship, that's what you got to think. I, I'm going to give this person my respect. I'm going to give this person safety. That means not all dating situations you come in, I know this is it. Some, there, most dating situations you come in to discover, is this it? And I want to tell you this, the moment you find out, oh, this isn't it, don't lead them on. Don't lead them on. The moment you find, I've had young adults come up to me and they, hey, you know, I, this isn't it. I know this isn't it. What should I do? And my advice is break their heart. That's my advice. Break their heart. Because you're going to do it now or you can do it later. But you're going to waste both of your time, right? There's some days, there there, there there, are, and I say that out of my own personal experience, there are some People that I've dated in the I I wish they had broken my heart sooner. Right? Don't pull a five hundred days of summer on them. Sometimes you gotta got get rid of summer to find your autumn. For those of you who've seen 500 days of summer, you know what I'm talking about. That was my sitch. I had to get rid of summer. I got rid of she didn't get she wouldn't let go of me, even though she didn't want to be. Anyways, I'm gonna get. Finally I said it's over summer. Her name's not summer. And then I found Autumn, which is Rosanna. Anyways, um, sorry guys. I want to talk about three areas of attraction. Three areas that you should be you should be uh, attracted, that, that you find attraction in a person. Three areas of compatibility, if you will. Uh, the first, you are a three-person, three-part being. How many of you guys know this? You're a spirit. You're a soul. You're a body, right? Your spirit. You're a spiritual being. That means when you die, guess what? Your body is dead. Your spirit. If you're a Christian, you're going to heaven. If you're not, then become a Christian. <laughs> All right. You're a three-part being. You 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 have a body. You, you are a spirit. You have a soul. That's your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination. That's you. You. Your. your your heart you have a soul and and you live in a body that's your earth suit that is that is this right that is all of this right here that's your body so i find that there are three areas of attraction and they there there is an order there should be an order to these three areas and the first area of attraction should be spirit now if you are a real genuine if you're a Christian if you if you want to serve God and seek God and if you're all about God then how many of you guys know you're going to want to find someone that's all about God too Does God have someone for me? Yes he does and it's one of his. Now I'm not here to police relationships I'm not here to tell people to break it that's not I'm not here to do that. If you're in a dating relationship, it's about compatibility. If you're married, it's about commitment. So if you're married, you're married. Make it it's gonna work out, make it work. Anyways. But the first area of compatibility is spirit. We all know the scripture. If you went to youth group, they taught this: do not be unequally yoked with the non-believer. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawless, what communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? Now, that last one, it says, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? This, this is an important one. for, And here's why. Because w- what is he talking about the temple of God in the New Testament and idols in the New Testament? Well, the Bible says that uh, covetousness is idolatry. All right? And so there's there's covetousness, and then there's the temple of God. What is the temple of God? That is the presence of God. So if your life is, are you, if you're hungering and thirsting for righteousness and you want to seek the presence of God, if you're going after that, that's the, that's, that's the trajectory of your life. If someone And, and if, if someone's life is covetousness, which the Bible says all these things the Gentiles seek, more houses, more money, more clothes, more food, more, more of this, more of this, that's their, and there's nothing wrong with having more, but there's something wrong if that's all you're going for, that's what they're seeking, and most people in this life are going after the more. But if you are going after God, you're gonna want someone that's going after God. I'm not the relationship police. I'm not here to judge relationships. This is not youth group. You guys are adults. I don't have to tell you what to do. I mean, this principle of compatibility, I remember, I mean, this is not like a, how dare you say do not be unequally yoked. I believed in this when I was a 17-year-old stoner. When I was a 17-year-old stoner, I remember talking to my friends, smoking, I was smoking a joint. You know how you smoke joints, you like talk about the deep things? Like, where did the universe come from? Why does grape gum not taste like real grapes? You know? I remember, I remember being stoned and talking to my friends, and I, I was all about smoking <laughs> And I was like this. I was like, you know what, I'm going to get a girlfriend and she's going to be a stoner too. How, how's that for, for high standards, right? Because I knew this. I knew that if I got a girlfriend who was not a stoner, she would not like me getting stoned. Come on, it's, it's common sense. It's common sense. So one, there, there should be a spiritual attractiveness. Two. The soul, the mind, the will, the intelligence, the imagination. The, that's, that's where most people say, oh, we have chemistry. Oh, the, there's something about their, not their body, but there's something about their mind that attracts you. There's something about their opinions that attract you. There, there's something about, this is where, oh, I like a guy with a sense of humor. That's something about their sense of humor that attracts you. Right? There's, there's that emotional maturity that attracts you or for childish people that emotional childishness that attracts you there's there's secondly there's there's soul attraction right and then third which is the least physical attraction there's physical attraction now i understand that there's all types of marriages out there there's all and i'm not saying these laws you got to have all these laws and i know there's there's like a arrange my grandma was arranged in vietnam when she was like 12 years old in the jungles that's how that's how they did it then thank god that's how they did it cuz i'm here right so <laughs> you know i understand there are all these things but i i do believe in our modern day and age that there there got to be attraction and i'm not just talking about physical attraction because how many of you guys know that beauty is in the eye of the beholder Have you ever met someone that you didn't find physically attractive? You're like, oh, they're not. mm, No way. And then you got to know them, and you're like, ooh, la la. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That physical attraction, that thing changes. That thing changes. That thing... Other things in them can make the... Uh, Okay. Okay. All right. Right? Physical, that's not as... Thank God for that, because I'm short. Anyways, <laughs> no, for reals, my wife, y- y'all know this, my wife had like a uh, like a list. One of the lists, things on her list was he's got to be taller than me when I'm in my high heels. And I'm like a quarter of an inch shorter than her when we're both in our bare feet. <laughs> right? And, and and she tells me that was one thing I was holding on to, that was one thing I was holding on to for a long time. And, Finally, I just let it go, and I'm so glad that I did. And I'm so glad she did, too. Because I look at our wedding pictures, and I'm all shorter than her. (laughs) And uglier than her, anyways. So I... I, What I'm trying to say is, ladies, give the short guys a chance. (laughs) That's what I'm going to say. I'm sorry guys, I'm not like the best dating teacher. <laughs> Seriously though guys. Lionsgate ministries, on Facebook, there's, a, there, there, there's like a three or four part message there that it's the best sermon on dating there is. Red flags, this, gosh, I'm not even gonna get into. I'm gonna try to get into friendships. Red flags. Anger issues. If they have rage issues, that's not a yellow flag. Yellow flag means slow down. That's a red flag. Red flag means stop. I understand it's hard once you get soul tied. I understand it's hard once there's a soul connection, an emotional connection. I understand it's difficult once you get there. But if there's rage issues, that is a red flag. Another red flag. Lying issues. If you you discover a year into your dating that they they just lied and lied and lied the whole time, get out. Because they're not going to stop lying for you. Get out. Uh, One of my favorite lines in the movie... You've Got Mail. It's my favorite rom-com of all time is You've Got Mail. I know it's an older one. Who's seen You've Got Mail? There's this Irish lady, and she says, never marry a man who lies. And every time she says that, me and my wife laugh. Because I don't know that, you know, you, you have your things with your inside joke. And the other thing from that movie is uh, Happy Thanksgiving Back. If you've seen it, you know. Yes. Anyone know that? So people, we love those lines. Me and my wife love those lines. All right, and so those are red flags. Here's here's another. I don't know if this is a red flag or a yellow flag. It's close in between. If 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 you're da- if, if you're a girl and dating a guy and all he has are girlfriends and he has no guy friends, that's a red flag. Guys, if you're dating a girl and all she has are guy friends and they all buy her stuff. That's a yellow or red flag. I'm going to give a little mercy there because you might be one of those guys, too. Okay? If she says stuff like, you know what? I don't get along with girls. I only get along with guys and so on. See? Gosh. I believe that the best foundation for a dating relationship is a good friendship. That's what I believe. Whether or not you build that as you're you're already friends, like me and my wife were friends for 15 years before God opened her eyes. Well, God opened her eyes when she was 15, but it it wasn't time. (laughs) But I believe friendship. Can you laugh with them? Do you enjoy their presence? Or are you walking on eggshells whenever you're around them, right? Are you at ease? Are you you? Can you be completely you with them? That's why I believe that even if you met them on singlechinesechristians.com, I don't know if that's a thing, And it starts off as, hey, this could be a potential romantic relationship. Build a friendship. Build, laugh with them, enjoy them. Can you enjoy their company? Can I tell you, that's what kept my marriage alive, is laughing with and at my wife. We laugh at each other. My wife was laughing so hard last night when I fell. Can, can a guy and a girl, we're gonna transition here. Can a guy and a girl be platonic friends? This is, the, this is the debate. Without the guy, or without one of them being in love with the other one. I'm asking you, can I? Yes, yes they can. I have some really great friends, like really good close friends that are female, right? Should a guy, and this is not like a script, I'm not saying this is the law, this is its principles and this is what I think. Should a guy be best friends with a girl or a girl be best, like that's my best friend, that's my person. Should a guy be best friends with a girl? Like that's your buddy and you're married and you got a girl best friend, No. Listen, if you're best friends with a girl, marry her. You've got a maid. If there's a girl in your life that you can tell everything to and you can just laugh at, ask God to open your eyes and marry that girl. Unless she's married. Okay, um... Anyways. I was in the friend zone for so long with my, we were just, we friend zone each other. I thought she was safe. I thought she was safe. Apparently she was not safe. Let's talk about friendship. I'm going to do it really short. Because I don't want to just, I know the people here that, you're married and you're already dating, and let's talk a little bit about friendships. There's a scripture in the Bible that says a man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. This is where it's, almost, it's the same thing as dating. It's, I gotta get a friend. Be a friend. friendship is not about getting it's about giving and there's different types of friendships and relationships you have, fr- you, you have friendships that it's mutually that you give, they give, you receive you g- it's mutual and then you have friends that it's you pouring into them you pouring into them and that's okay I know some people are like, you know what, this friendship is just me pouring into them. It's just, it's just me. That's a type of friendship. That's okay. I'm going to cut this one off because they never, they never. No, just, the, just show yourself friendly to everybody. Be a friend, amen? Be a friend. And then it says, but there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. What does that mean? That means this, you can build friendships that are so strong in this life that it's as if they were your brother or your sister. It's as if they were blood. This is, there's relationships that God wants to build in your life, bromances or, what's the girl version of a bromance? Girlmance? Galentine? I don't know. Bromances and girl... Romances, good. Yeah, that's a good one. It's, gosh, can I tell you, those relationships can be so deep and giving and life- flowing and satisfying. Most ladies know this, most. I say most. Most men do not know this. Because for some reason, most men are like,, mm, this is my heart and nobody getting in, especially not another dude. <laughs> right? But the Bible says there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That means there are friendships, not just romantic relationships, but platonic friendships to be had that are so life-giving and not, it's not just an option. I believe it is needed. I believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abadnego, I believe they needed each other to stand when everybody else bowed. They needed that close knit relationship. You know, we always sing, what's that song? There's another in the fire. Is that how it goes? I don't know how it goes. But we always talk about Jesus, the fourth man. And yes, Jesus was a fourth man. But there were three men. Then there was a fourth man. Amen. you got to find people to run with. Gosh, can I tell you that if you have people to run with, it brings the fourth man closer. There are relationships that establish you in your faith. You can't you know that people in guys the ladies know this cuz ladies are just naturally i want to let you in but then once you cross a lady it's like you're dead right <laughs> it should not be like that but and guys that's why you know guys will say i love you to other guys but they always have to end it with a i love you bro <laughs> i love you man Guys will never just say, I love you. Well, I'm here to give you permission to make it weird. (laughs) Next time you talk to your guy friend on the phone or hanging out with your guy friend, look at him in the eyes, straight in the eyes, and be like, I love you. Don't add a bro, don't add a man, just be like, I love you. And just stare for three seconds. (laughs) See what that man does. Straight up platonic, baby. All right. The Bible says this, Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all time, and a brother is born for adversity. A brother is born for adversity. That means it's good to have brothers. It's good to have sisters. Amen? I, I, I do really believe that guys and girls can have really good friendships, but I believe that best friends, like your best friends, your best guy buddies should be your buddies, Girls, your best gal buddies should be your buddies. I don't know what I'm saying. The Bible says that your brother is born for adversity. That means that your brothers are born for the hard times in your life. Your sisters are born for the hard times in your life. When adversity comes, that's what your brother is for. That's what your sister is for. You need to have someone that you can call at all times. Someone that's got your back. Right, It says uh, a friend loves at all times. That means this. Your friend will love you when you're high. Your friend will love you when you're low. A true friend will love you not for what they can get out of it, but for what they can give into the relationship. They just like you, even in your lows. Even in your lows. I remember, gosh, back in the day, I had a buddy of mine, and we were roommates, and he got fired from his job, and I had to supplement that. I couldn't be like, all right, I'm kicking you out. I'm getting someone. But this was my good buddy. I had to supplement, I'd buy him dinners, I'd take him out, take him on mandates. That's a mandate I can get with is that mandate. Right? I'd take him out, of my buddy and I just in that time, and I wasn't asking for anything back. And not only that, this buddy, I, we crossed, we knew each other when we were kids. We crossed paths again when he was being chased by gangs. And I got saved, and I brought him to church, and I led him to the Lord, and God got his his path. And, I, and it was it was one of those relationships where I just poured into him, and it wasn't he it wasn't the only thing that he poured back into me were jokes. In good times, that's all I needed. I just poured into him. I, he's always, can you call me? Can you pray for me? Can you give me a ride here? Can you? And then he lost his job. I'm your buddy. I'm your friend. I'm here to give. I poured into him. Years later, years, he's one of my great friends. He's a pastor now. Years later, when I was going through a hard time, not emotionally, but financially, just going through a rough time, I remember, I, and even then, I had him over for dinner. I never, never stopped feeding him, even when I was poor. And I had this cheap grill. I remember I had this cheap grill, and I was grilling burgers, and just talking and dreaming. I'm like, one day, I'm going to get a gas grill. One day. A couple weeks later, he goes, calls me up. He goes, hey, I want to, uh, can you help me with something? I need to move something. I need to pick something up. So we, we went and we went to, he, he brought me to like, I think Orchard Supply Hardware or something like that. He pulled out this grill, he goes, and it was a very nice, expensive grill. He goes, help me load this. And I put it, I helped him load it. I'm, oh, that's a nice grill. He goes, you like that grill? I'm like, it's a nice grill. He looked at me, he goes, it's yours. He bought me a grill. This was a nice grill. Like, this is your grill. And he, later, years later, he brought me and my family to Disneyland, paid for the hotel, paid for the whole Disneyland trips, paid for the, he did all this, and then he goes, I'm beating you now. <laughs> he goes, I'm winning. These are the friendships, right? That you try to outgive. Outpour in out-love each other. These are friendships that are needed. There's a story in the Bible. I'll end with this story. I don't have time to read all the scriptures, but I'll end with this story. The story is this. The story is, is a, probably the greatest bromance in the Bible. It's of David and Jonathan. In the Old Testament, Jonathan was the king's son. Saul was the king. David was anointed by God to become the next king. He he became a great warrior, became very popular in in Israel. They began to sing songs. Remember the Bible? The song says Saul has killed thousands, but David killed 10,000. These young ladies would sing songs about he's killed 10,000. And Saul got jealous. But the Bible says this. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 18, after David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them for Jonathan loved David. That's the, I think that's the New Living Translation. The New King Translation says this, New King James. Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. This is a type of friendships of, that men are afraid of because we think it's not manly. We think it crosses the line. The Bible says that the soul of Jonathan and the soul of David were knit and he loved him as his own soul. Can I tell you, if you have a friend like this, their success becomes your success. There's no jealousy. There's no competition. There's no I'm trying to get the upper hand. Their success is your success because your souls are knitted. You want them to win. Now, there are friends that you're constantly pouring into, and then you've got to have friends that are like this. It's the fellowship. It's the, the Bible calls it koinonia. It's a, it's a mixing. It's a giving and a taking. It's a Jonathan and David. What happens is Saul seeks to kill David because Saul gets mad at David. Saul sees the writings on the wall, and he knows that if David survives, then his son will not be king, that David would be king. And so Saul conspires to kill David, but Saul's son Jonathan warns David he warns him Saul gets mad at his son he says don't you know you're giving away the kingdom Jonathan knew listen David's win is my win if God wants to give David the kingdom God will give David the kingdom I am his friend That better be your best friend. Just kidding. And so, Saul, or Jonathan and David, they. Jonathan comes to a point where he knows there's no no more mercy in Saul for David. And so he warns David through a sign. And he meets with David. and, And this is what it says, guys and gals. It said. David arose from a, a place toward the south, fell on his face to the ground, and bowed down three times. He, he bowed down to Jonathan three times because Jonathan saved his life. It says this, they kissed one another, and they wept together, but David more so. Then Jonathan said to David, go in peace, since we both have sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, may the Lord be between you and me, between your descendants and my descendants Forever. So he arose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. And that's the last time they saw each other. Because Jonathan had to serve his dad, Saul, no matter what. Even though his dad was against David, Jonathan had to go serve his... I wish, I, I wish Jonathan would have went with David, but that's not how it happened. Jonathan dies in battle, fighting for his father, Jonathan and Saul are killed and then in, in 2 Samuel 1 25 David mourns he says oh how the mighty heroes have fallen Jonathan lies dead on the hills how I weep for you my brother Jonathan oh how much I love you and this is the part of scripture that trips me out and your love for me was deep deeper than the love of a woman That trips me out. I think it's because David didn't really have good relationships at that point. He, you know what I'm saying? He didn't, he didn't. But he said, your love to me was deeper than the love of a woman. Men do not be afraid of strong, healthy, deep, intimate relationships with other men. In fact, men, you need them. Not only do you need them, your wife or your girlfriend or your future wife or your future girlfriend needs you to have them. Amen. It's part of as iron sharpens iron, it's part of our growth. It establishes us. Godly men need godly men. Godly women need godly women. But I don't need to preach this much to the ladies, because most of the, uh, uh, maybe if you're one of those ladies in here that's a red flag that's like, I don't get along with girls. You need to get along with girls. You need to do it. Sorry, sorry. I don't mean to mock. It's healthy and it's needed. All the guys are gonna leave here holding hands. I have a buddy like I have a buddy that I call all the time. I, we, we call each other. We pray for each other. God gives me dreams for him. He's a pastor. God gives me dreams for his church. Like I'll fall asleep, I will have a dream all about his church. I'll wake up. Oh, like, buddy, I have this dream about your church. He goes, uh, he'll be like that. Kind of, I have a, I have, gosh, I have like a. In, in one hand, I have several buddies like this, and I thank God for these friendships. Most of them live out of town. We'll end with this. I don't know what to do after we end, though, if we can have the worship team come back up. or Is is that what we do? Yeah. Sorry, I'm awkward. Please, worship team, come back up. That means that when the worship team comes, that's a good thing because that means I have to close. If the worship team wasn't up here, I'd go on for another 20 minutes. David is established as king. He's established as king. And you can find this. I don't have time to read the actual scripture in... Second Samuel chapter 9. He becomes king. His kingdom is settled. And one day he's thinking, uh, he's thinking about his, his best friend Jonathan, his, his bro, Jonathan. And he says, "I wonder I wonder if anyone survived in Jonathan's family." And he calls for a servant. He, he says, "Hey, Is there any... What does he say? Is there anybody... Is there not still someone in the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And the servant, his name is Ziba, said there's still a son of Jonathan who is lame at his feet. There's still the son of Jonathan. I can imagine David's joy when he discovered that his best friend that saved his life, whose soul was knitted to him, whose love was deeper than any woman at that point in life, because then David met some ladies, (laughs) that he found out that Jonathan has a son, that he can repay Jonathan because let the Lord only be between me and you and all of my descendants and your descendants. What happened was when David became king, the servants of Saul were afraid that David would kill all of Saul's family. They, they, they didn't know. They thought David would be vindictive. They didn't know about David and Jonathan. They, they thought David would kill all of Saul. So they took this kid. And the kid's name was Mephibosheth, which is a mouthful They took him. said, let's get out of here. David's going to kill you. And they ran away. And as they were going away, Mephibosheth fell and broke his feet and became lame at the feet. Years later, David is like, is there anyone? They said, there's Mephibosheth. He's the son of Jonathan, but he's lame at the feet. David says this. David says, bring Mephibosheth here. Ziba, you used to be the servant of Saul. Mephibosheth is brought there thinking he's going to die. David says, no, I'm not going to kill you, for your father was my best friend. In fact, Ziba and your household, you served Saul, you will now serve Mephibosheth, Mephibah. he was grown by now, He's a grown man with a family. You will now serve Mephibosheth, I can't even say it, Mephibosheth, you will now serve Mephibosheth and his family. Not only that, Mephibosheth, I'm giving you all of Saul's land and all of his stuff that he had, you can have that. All I got was a grill. You can have this. Why? Because of my friendship with your father. Not only that, Mephibosheth, You will eat at my table as one of the king's sons. You are my son now because Jonathan, your father, was my best friend. And even though he's not here, I'm still being a friend to him. Why? Because a friend loves at all times. And real friendships last generations, meaning this. You are, some of you guys have already made friends and some of you guys that are making friends that will last for the rest of your life. You're going to love them in the good times. You're going to love them in the bad times. And you're going to need them to establish you in your faith.